0: Hi, it's Jessie, and this is a shout-out to everyone who jumped on joefresh.com to get my limited edition matching family collection. It's been selling so fast. The baby romper, the kid set, and the dress are my obsessions for the summer. I am loving seeing them on your kids, and they're so affordable. The toddler dress is $16. That's why I bought 10 and smuggled them back into the U.S. illegally for my friend's kids. I shouldn't have said that on a recorded medium. Anyway, the Jessie collection is out now in select stores and at joefresh.com. Get it before it's gone or before I'm gone to jail. This week on Phone a Friend. Did the most famous person on the planet ruin their best friend's wedding? I prompted an actual in-sync reunion. Trust me, I have proof. Plus, this hot divorce summer just got hotter. Britney Spears is single, and I'm calling one of the country's top divorce lawyers to get his calm and gentle
1: take. Let's call this what it is, the 29-year-old having a temper tantrum. I hope Laura drives a truck up this guy's ass.
0: Safe to say, he has thoughts about everyone. This hot divorce summer is getting sweaty, sticky, and downright dirty, so let's get to work, bitch.
1: Girl, let's phone a friend with Jessie Crookshank.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Phone a Friend. I'm Jessie Crookshank. And I am officially the mother of two six-year-old boys. <laughs> Jason, my producer, hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Uh, Jason, we can tell the phonies we are recording this on Wednesday, August 23rd. It is currently my twin's birthday. They're six years old. I'm just, I'm playing an applause sound effect so that I don't cry. Because, like... It feels like I just told you I was pregnant with them.
2: I have a photo of them when they are eight eight pounds. It's... Oh, my God. Which seems like a month ago. Oh, my
0: God. I know. Literally, like, the pouch that remains on my belly is eight pounds. Like, and it's been six years.
2: (laughs) But, hey, here we are.
0: (laughs) And here we are. Just like that. They are six. And I feel 75. (laughs) Thanks, boys. And can I just say this? Six is really scary to me because that's like a real kid. You know, you're not like a little toddler anymore at six. Like, you need to get your life together at six, okay? Dre can't put his socks on by himself. And, like, that's okay at five, but humiliating at six. Do you feel me?
2: Have you seen that, Michelle Obama, interview going around about how her mom i think it's on the drew barrymore show she's like her mom at five years old made her set her own alarm clock wake up for school herself get herself dressed pack her lunch and walk to school by herself stop at five stop and she's like that's what gave me the confidence to kind of take over, take over america That's
0: literally why she's the first lady and my (laughs) kids are going to be full grown adults who don't know how to put their socks on. Okay, I still wipe an occasional bum, which is like cute at five, very much frowned upon at six. (laughs) God damn it, Jason, we need to get our shit together at six. Their principal at their school because they started kindergarten. I'm not okay. And the principal was like, make sure they're making their beds in the morning and brushing their teeth in the morning. And I was like, I don't even make my own bed. Like, no, we just need to get our lives together. Okay. And for anyone who's like, why are they in kindergarten? They're six. At their birthday in LA, the cutoffs are weird. Their birthday was like days before the cutoff. So they are kindergartners at six years old. We're in LA, we're at a new school. It's a great school. It's our neighborhood school. And Jace, you know my neighborhood. It's like this beautiful little pocket right near a lot of the studios. You're like walking distance from CBS, Disney, NBC. So a lot of actors, a lot of entertainment people live in my neighborhood, which means this is the most attractive group of parents you have ever seen. Okay? It's not fair. It's not right. It is way above the national average for attractive parents. I think, like, there's a website called greatschools.com. I think our school is ranked a 9. The parents are all 10s, okay? Jason, I am used to being at least a 7 okay. among the parents <laughs> at any given one of my kids' schools. I have dropped to a 4 on a good day
2: Oh yeah, among right. these
0: parents. No, Jace, I'm telling you, we're only a few days in. I'm still trying, okay? I'm like still putting on an eyebrow for drop-off. I'm still putting on actual pants. And yet every one of these parents, I swear to God, they look like they have just stepped out of a headshot.
2: At leisure. Oh, full. A glow at leisure. Actually, from Trace Anderson Studio. <laughs>
0: Oh my God, they're all headed off to Tracy Anderson Studios, which is a stone's throw away from the school. Literally a mom today invited me on a post drop-off hike and I was like, oh, I would love to. And she was like, we could grab a matcha after it. I was like, no, it sounds so great. It's just that I have a job. (laughs) Like a lot of these actors are on strike. And so it's overwhelming the volume of parents that drop off. Both parents are there. And I'll also tell you this, Jason, they're like all people, you know, from somewhere. You're just not sure if it's like Scandal or Friday Night Lights or maybe an arc on Sex in the City, but probably more likely NCIS. Like This is the caliber of parents at my kid's school. They're not going to school with Brad and Angelina's kids, okay? They're going to school with the children of that guy from one of those firefighting shows on CBS, literally. (laughs) And like, that's how I prefer it, to be honest. That's right where they should be, you know? Yeah. And so I send my kids off to learn their ABCs and then I just sit in the car trying to learn my IMDb's. I love that. So that's my kindergarten update. It's literally not at all about my children. It's about yeah. <laughs> me drooling over like the multitude of hot dads and just trying to fit in with these stunning moms who love the aesthetic is like oversized linen top with Madewell cutoffs and Chanel flats. That's the aesthetic. I can and picture it perfectly. Right. Like, I feel like I need to get a blonde Bob and a Pilates instructor just to fit in. Like, does Tracy Anderson have any openings? And like, do I need to call my business manager to move some money around into an offshore account to afford it? Because I'll do it. Okay. of course, it has only been a matter of days. So I'm going to watch this space, phonies. I will keep you updated on my six year olds and every hot dad who once had an arc on Criminal Minds I encounter. It's been a week. It's been a week. Yeah. Okay. Two weeks ago, I branded the summer of 23. The summer of 23. Hot divorce summer. And almost as if he heard this episode. Sam Escari, Britney Spears' husband of 14 months, was like, I want to get in on this hot trend. Let me file my paperwork. He filed for a divorce. This week. And while the split is not surprising, we'll talk more about that later. Sam, I am a little shocked by how short-lived the marriage was. Brittany agrees, by the way. She posted a statement on Instagram saying, quote, I'm a little shocked. She's a little (laughs) shocked. (laughs) Even though Sam is the one casual, he filed for divorce. Brittany also said in her Instagram statement that she, quote, couldn't take the pain anymore. And now there's like, God, you feel so bad for her. There's all these rumors flying around about cheating and knives and black eyes, but it's all a lot of speculation. Sam Asgari simply cited irreconcilable differences in his petition for the divorce. What we do know is that he also made an official statement about the divorce in the most official way possible on Instagram stories <laughs> where he eloquently wrote, quote, shit happens.
2: Jason. Could you imagine?
0: Jason, can you imagine your partner of six years, husband of 14 months? You invited Madonna and Selena Gomez to your (laughs) damn wedding. And he breaks up with you with an in not even a a feed post, a story post that says, quote, shit happens? He also wrote, like, some cliches about love and commitment and their journey. But shit happens in a statement about Uh, leaving your wife. Yeah. That's some tacky shit. That's, like, some back of a T-shirt you buy at a souvenir stand in Key West, Florida shit, you know? Are you upset by this as a Britney stan?
2: My number one thought or um, hope is that she is just going to be okay and that she has people around her to help her kind of... Move through this difficult time in a healthy way. Oh, that would be like my, my number one concern or thought.
0: Jason's statement on this podcast is more eloquent than Sam Esgari's yeah. <laughs> post divorce statement on Instagram stories. Go on.
2: I never, um, was obsessed with them together. No, um, it seemed odd.
0: Well, yeah. So she's 41, yeah, he's 29, she is a pop star worth 60 million dollars. He's a, we think, an aspiring actor. She met him when he was 23 on the set of her music video. It just, like, something about it never seemed right. But then at the same time, I always thought it was interesting that he wasn't out here like, popping up on her Instagram or, like, doing Dancing with the Stars. He was kind of quiet. He was with her when she was hashtag freed from the conservatorship. So yeah. I thought, well, maybe he does love her. And he's been one of the instrumental people in freeing her from that. And then when we interviewed our Britney superfan, he even said that he was on board with Sam. And you got to trust oh, yeah. the superfan, right?
2: Yeah. he's got the insider details.
0: Yeah, you got to trust the man who literally freed Britney. He's got all the details, breatheheavy.com. But now, I don't know. It just feels like he married her. He waited a year. It feels like he like stuck it out for a year. And now he's like starting to do some shady things that make it feel like maybe he was just using her for the money and fame all along. And I don't understand the legalities involved. So later in the episode, I'm going to call a man who does the biggest divorce lawyer in New York City. James J Sexton Esquire.
2: <laughs> He's going to explain it off. Is
0: Esquire <laughs> just a title that everybody gets when they become a lawyer?
2: I have no idea. But because I, I don't know why it has to be. my
0: dad hasn't been calling himself David A Crookshank Esquire. I mean, right. please. If I were a lawyer, I would just change my first name to Esquire. This man is like a cartoon divorce lawyer. He is everything I want a divorce lawyer to be. Brash, opinionated. I want to ask him about Trudeau and Spongebob and Kevin Costner's divorce, which we have not talked about. But, you know, like his wife's plastic surgery bills have been blasted everywhere. Like that is getting really messy. He's also going to tell us how to not get divorced. So that's going to be really useful, you know, but for now. I just hope it's going to be seamless to hashtag free Britney from this man. And so far, can we just say this? It looks like she's okay. She's posting very relatable post breakup thirst traps. Okay, you know when you post hot photos of yourself, like having fun and writing YOLO, so your ex can see what they're missing out on. Like that's the most relatable thing Britney's ever done.
2: Like desperately checking your who's viewed your stories.
0: Absolutely. So here's what Brittany has posted in the days since the divorce was announced. She posted topless pics from bed. She posted a video on a stripper pole. She posted a video being carried by four shirtless men. She even posted some unidentified man licking her leg. You know what? We all see what you're doing, Brittany. And we applaud you. We do. We're rooting for you. Jay. If Evan and I ever break up, will you be available to lick my leg on IG the next day?
2: (laughs) Yes, I would do that for you. Yes.
0: Oh, that's what (laughs) friends are for. I know. What's next? What's next? Okay, so remember when I casually had Insync's Chris Kirkpatrick on this show? No big deal. And I asked him something I've been dying to ask a member of Insync for 15 years. Rob, our technical producer, roll the clip. If I had successfully made my way onto your tour bus, would anyone have hooked up with me?
2: I mean, well, hold on. I mean, yeah, maybe.
0: Okay, no, I did not mean that clip where he, like, literally looked me up and down on the Zoom call before (laughs) sort of saying maybe, like, the most painful (laughs) moment of my career when, like... 45-year-old Chris Kirkpatrick is like, yeah, no, you're not it for me. That was, that hurt. I didn't mean that question, Rob. I meant the reunion question. Please play the reunion question. How likely is it that all five InSync members come back together in some way, shape, or form?
2: I think it's a matter of all five of us figuring out a time when, you know what, let's make the band a priority again. It's all five of us saying, you know, okay, this this is the time. This is this is when it would work.
0: Phonies, hold on to your fanny packs. This is the time. I'm gonna take credit for single-handedly manifesting an in-sync reunion because it is happening. <laughs> Allegedly. And yes, it is happening with Justin. <laughs> Allegedly. So the story is that they're reuniting for a new song on the Trolls Band Together movie soundtrack. (laughs) If you're not familiar, like like, Jason, because when we were discussing this prior to recording, Jason, who has no children, literally asked me like what the Trolls movie franchise is. Do you, this is new to you.
2: I've not seen it. I've heard of it. I've never seen it.
0: Right. Well, are there why one? Would are there you?
2: two? Or why there three? would you? I don't know.
0: Would you like me to break it down for you?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, please.
0: Here's what you're missing this is a franchise based on the 90s toys, the plastic toys, starring Anna Kendrick, who raps. She raps. I need you to okay. brace yourself. She raps. In the films and Justin Timberlake, they're the main characters, Poppy and Branch. Okay. They've made two movies. So the first one is like general, but there's a lot of music. The second one has like a rock and roll theme, not my fave, not for me. And then the third one coming out in November looks like it has a, I wanna say, a boy band theme. And now an insider is claiming Justin got in sync surprise roles in the new movie. Every single member. Will appear in the new movie and they may be releasing a new song together. Uh! At the time of this recording, it has not been confirmed, but it feels real. And I am having difficulty breathing. Jason, how are you feeling about a potential in sync reunion?
2: As someone who's unfamiliar with the Trolls movie franchise, it's like a little <laughs> bit of an eye roll that, like, this is what it took to bring them yeah. together. It's like, let's yeah. do something that's a bit like sexier. Um, yes. for the yes. throw it back to like the original fans, what we would no, want to see. When you see but... Joey Fatone
0: in 2023, you want sex. You want sex. Sure. You want that. Yeah, absolutely. But, go you on. know,
2: I, yeah, I, I feel just, I don't, you. why do I have to go to Target and buy the Trolls soundtrack to hear your new song? <laughs> like,
0: Why are you going to
2: Target Uh, buying the trolls? That's just what I picture. I picture at Target the, like, cardboard thing in the aisle with, like, trolls all over it. Did
0: you just want to mention Target so we could bring up your celebrity sighting this past weekend? Oh, yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Tell the phonies
0: who you saw at Target.
2: I saw the Jessica Alba at Target, chased down by paparazzi.
0: The Jessica Alba. She was just picking up some goods from Target because Jessica Alba is just like us. But we digress. I am all in apostrophe N on an sync reunion. I mean, they haven't, unlike the Backstreet Boys, they have not, like— toured or reunited the five of them to release new music since 2002. I think like four of them were on stage at Coachella. They got their star on the Walk of Fame, but they haven't really done anything together as a band. Like you have Joey and Chris out here shaking it with two members of O-Town for like the 90s (laughs) pop reunion tour in a mall in Tallahassee. Like it's not what I want from InSync. I want them to come together and make new music. Now, Before I go into cardiac arrest, let's just look at the evidence here. I'm I'm getting into the headspace to have a lawyer on the show. So let's investigate. Other than my interview with Chris on this podcast, you're welcome. Here are some other reasons why people are convinced the reunion is happening. Exhibit A. In the trailer for Trolls Band Together, one of the trolls says this to Justin's character.
2: Branch, we're out of sync. We've gone from boys to men, and now there's only one direction for us to go. The back streets.
0: Not only is that just phenomenal writing, it feels like a sign. Yep. <laughs> Exhibit B in JC's new Meow Mix cat food ad on Instagram. <laughs> Let that sink in. He talks about working with a fake cat boy band named Tabby Five. Let that sink in. And says this.
1: Uh, I think working with the Tabby Five uh, has left me thinking about other boy band ventures. You never know what could happen.
0: Listen, JC is out here promoting Meow Mix. Give this man a reunion. Let him record a new song. Exhibit C which is actually just my personal piece of evidence is that major news outlets like you have entertainment tonight, page six, all claim to have reached out to all five members of Insync for comment and haven't heard back yet. And let me tell you something. When Jason and I reached out to Chris Kirkpatrick for an interview on this podcast, we heard back within 30 seconds. So if he's not answering entertainment tonight <laughs> and page six, that's because he is hiding something. This is happening? Uh, last week on Phone a Friend, we broke the news that Rihanna had had her baby. Okay? Remember when our paparazzi told us? Yeah. Five days before TMZ broke the news, we broke it here. And this week, I'm going on record to say NSYNC is 100% going to reunite all five of them for the first time officially in years For the Trolls movie. And yes, I'm with you, Jason. I wish it was for something, to quote you, sexy. I wish it was for a world tour. But I think it's fine for the Trolls movie, considering most of their fans are now elder millennials with young children. You know, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. You want to know who will be first in line at the theater, Jason? It's gonna be me. (laughs) It's gonna be me. Thank you. What's next? What's next? Okay, after explaining the plot of the Trolls movie off by heart, I need to do something to feel cool and relevant again. So here's what's hot on TikTok. What's hot on TikTok 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 Jason, you haven't seen this? Brace yourself. Okay. Okay? A video was posted at a Flow Rida concert in Pennsylvania. Because who needs to see the Eros tour in Toronto when you could see Flo Rida in Erie, Pennsylvania? He's singing apple-bottom jeans, because what else would he do? Mm -hmm. In the middle of the crowd, okay? He's not on the stage. He's in the crowd, and he's on a security guard's shoulders. So he's singing in the midst of a wild crowd. He's riding the security guard's shoulders. When mid-song, someone crowd-surfs their newborn baby to him. No way. Yes. So in the video, you see Flo Rida. (gasps) He is singing Boots with the Fur. Suddenly, a baby, Jason, with no mother, okay, no boots, no mother, appears, gets handed, like, from person to person, just, like, hands after hands, crowd surfing the baby until it reaches Flo Rida, who, again— is riding on a security guard's shoulders.
2: Oh, my God. He
0: grabs the baby, who I'm telling you, Jason, is fresh out of the womb. This baby still has placenta on its head, which it is struggling to keep up because it's a literal newborn. And now Flo Rida is like bumping it up and down in the middle of the crowd, singing, give that big booty a smack to the no. baby. <laughs> yes, at one point, he holds the mic to the baby's mouth as if the infant could just like jump in with lo, 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 I swear to God. Just to give you some context of the chaos, this is audio from the video. Okay, so this has left me deeply confused because on the one hand, this is just not safe, okay? This baby has no headphones, no visible parents. It's just a raw dog baby getting crowd surfed. And then the baby appears on the stage and like someone else with Flowrider lifts him up like Simba in The Lion King. He's getting screamed at in a microphone by Flowrider singing about smacking asses. Like, it's a lot for a newborn. On the other hand, as a Flowrider Forward podcast, I feel that, frankly, we have to applaud it.
2: It's so funny that, like, the, TikTok loves this, but, like, there's outrage addiction for <laughs> yeah. Dax Shepard sleeping in the airport, but it makes sense.
0: It's so true. Let's get mad about the $600 Dax Shepard spent on pillows. But how funny is this newborn <laughs> yeah. crowd surfing to Flowrider? I get it. Listen, the baby survived, we think. He didn't hit the floor. And even if that baby has permanent hearing loss, at least he can say it was caused by Flo Rida. And that's what's hot or not on TikTok. What's hot on TikTok. Now I try not to call my thirsty moms every week because even the thirstiest of moms do need a break. You know, they need to cool off sometimes. But I saw an image this week that felt so directly targeted to me. Frankly, it felt like an attack on my loins. (laughs) It was an image of Brody Jenner, shirtless, holding a baby. His baby. And I'm so sorry, but I have no choice but to perform my civic duty and say for the second week in a row... I'm calling all thirsty moms.
2: Calling all thirsty moms.
0: On his 40th birthday, Brody Jenner gave us all a gift by posting a photo shirtless in bed with his eyes closed, doing skin to skin with his newborn baby daughter. I thought my ovaries were all dried up until I saw this. A perfect tiny infant is curled up in the nape of his tanned, tattooed neck. Dark stubble is creeping up his strong jawline because who has time to shave when you've been up all night feeding and changing your newborn? Ugh. His hand is outstretched to hold up. Wait, sorry, is that his fiancé's hand? Oh, God, that's his fiancé's hand. Okay, let's just crop that out. <laughs> and continue. His daughter was named Honey, I imagine, after the taste of his lips. And his caption reads, I love my girls because he loves his daughter and, I assume, me. So congratulations and happy birthday, Brody Jenner. You've officially resuscitated my reproductive organs. I'll make sure to get everything tied up real tight down there so I don't ever feel that tingle again. This has been Calling All Thirsty Moms.
2: Calling all thirsty moms.
0: Okay, sorry, just cleaning up my chair. Here's a serious question: oh, If your my best God.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen, I was trying to make a joke about honey, and then I was like, "Jesse, this is the name of a baby girl. Like, what are you doing?" So even I had to censor myself this week. You should be proud. I'm a mother of six-year-olds. Here's a serious question: If your best friend is the most famous person on the planet. Do you invite them to your wedding? This is kind of a real question, because your knee-jerk answer, Jason, is probably, like, absolutely yes. Yeah, how cool. But what if they were so famous that just being present at your wedding was literally cause for swarms of fans by the thousands to bombard the wedding venue, create chaos, make it a security risk, deploy police and emergency services, and thus, completely stealing your wedding day vibes to quote (laughs) courtney kardash by turning your special day into a global headline about them wearing a matching black crop top and skirt set with nude heels this is exactly what happened to jack antonoff and margaret qualley they got married last weekend in long beach island new jersey like two places in one (laughs) and naturally they invited taylor swift because he's her longtime collaborator and producer so word got out that taylor was at the rehearsal dinner which was held at the black whale bar and fish house (laughs) and the scene i describe actually happened like the chaos of the flow rider video previously discussed on this podcast actually unfolded outside of this fish house like look up these videos on twitter it's like honestly reminded me of when the Backstreet Boys appeared on Much Music's Intermittent Interactive in 1999. Just like hundreds of sweaty teens in friendship bracelets are flooding the streets. Outside of someone else's rehearsal dinner, so here's the question. If you're Taylor Swift, again, most famous person in the world right now, do you ever consider not going to things like your friend's wedding? Because you know you'll overshadow it or create a security risk or like straight up steal their thunder. Jason, you're Taylor Swift right now. What do you do?
2: On one hand, like I'm thinking this through on one hand, it's like okay. I am fully self-aware that mm-hmm. wherever I go, there's going to be 100,000 people showing up and stealing mm-hmm. the wedding vibes. So I would want to <laughs> say, you know, I would I want to go, but I need to get as much security, make it as underground and undercover as possible.
0: But then you're like that embarrassing person who's like, yeah, you're like, thanks for the invite. Um, could I get another table for my security detail? Like, yeah. that's. Not good either.
2: So then I would be like, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. So, like, maybe I just don't go. It's like, if it's not new, right? Like, this has obviously happened to her many, many times before. I don't know.
0: I think I, it is new. I think this level of Taylor mania, like, Eras Taylor is a different Taylor. And I don't think she could have even anticipated it. Like, she moves through the world. We've discussed her Swift squad. Oh, Sorry, every time I say that I want to throw up, but we've talked about it and like, there's no hordes of people around. I honestly don't think that she expected that reaction.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. It's in a small town in New Jersey. It's like people, they, they, Taylor Swift showing up the fish shack is very uncommon. So it was more exciting than just like her and Gigi in New York
0: but also the residents of Long Beach Island were apparently furious that this caused, like, traffic problems during some kind of a fishing competition. So just so you know, there still is hashtag outrage addiction happening in the streets of Long Beach Island. I just think she can't not go, right? Like, what is she supposed to do? I mean, wear a disguise? Like, what? What? I don't know.
2: Or it's like, how if she goes, how does she... I'm fascinated by how she reacts to it after. Like, is she embarrassed? Does she apologize and take ownership of it? Like, is no. it her fault?
0: I don't think it's her fault. Also, it's all kind of Jack Antonoff's fault because he has helped her create banger after banger that yeah. has launched her into the stratosphere and made her the star that blocks off the fishing tournament of Long Beach Island, New Jersey. So honestly, it's on him. I mean, when we really break it down, it's straight up his fault.
2: Yeah, Look what you made her do.
0: Look what you made her do. (laughs) Is this the first time I'm giving you an air horn sound effect? (laughs) It is. My
2: my very first one.
0: Ah, congratulations. So well-deserved. Also at the wedding, Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz, has there ever been a hotter couple? I will wait. Would have used an air horn sound effect, but I just gave it to Jason. So (laughs) sorry, guys. Cara Delevingne and Lana Del Rey. And like Taylor Swift... I'm just going to make this wedding about me. Because I started thinking, who has had my dream celebrity guest list at their wedding? Because when I first saw Channing Tatum at this wedding, I was like, yes. uh, And then I thought, no, uh, because I don't want to be deeply attracted to another man at my wedding. You know what I mean? Like, I'm standing at that altar. The focus needs to be on my groom and not on visualizing Channing Tatum without his suit on. Also, I once hosted a live Q&A with Cara Delevingne, and she was not my favorite. So that, that's a no for me, dog. Sophia Richie also had a good list this past summer. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, all at her wedding, which was in 2023. But the guest list was giving 2003, which I'm very into. You know, that's a fun table.
2: You know who has a good guest list, too, is Brittany. Oh! Who I'm not convinced had deep personal relationships with her celebrity guest list either, but it was like Madonna Paris Hilton, who I know she knows, but like Drew Barrymore. Right. And Selena Gomez, right. who like I don't think they had ever even met before. She was just like DM'd them and said, Come I to my wedding.
0: Oh, It was like how we get guests on this show. That's how she got <laughs> guests to her wedding. <laughs> exactly. That was her wedding to Sam Escari, R.I.P. Ooh. But yes, right? We we talked like no there family. was one picture that came out from that wedding. Her dad wasn't there, obviously. I don't think her mom was there. Her yeah, sister no was there. No family.
2: Not even but her kids. Selena
0: Gomez and Drew Barrymore. By her side. And that's what celebrity status is for to be able to invite whoever the hell you want to your wedding. Do you know who else had a great list of two? Lucas Gage and Chris Appleton. We talked about their wedding on this show. Their only two guests were Kim Kardashian and Shania Twain, which, Jason, I feel like this is your literal dream wedding. It <laughs> guest would be my top list. two,
2: like over my mother <laughs> one Kim, two Shania.
0: Well, sorry, mom. You can't sing. You're still the one. (laughs) You just don't have the vocals. Uh, The ultimate celebrity wedding guest list, in my opinion, of all time, was Meghan and Harry, who I believe sat down and Googled world's most famous people and then just invited them all. I mean, truly, Oprah, the Beckhams, Idris Elba, George and Amal, Priyanka Chopra, Elton John, Serena Williams. Uh, like, no way Meghan and Harry are close friends with George and Amal. Oh, yeah. They were literally just like us. They were like, who's our dream celebrity guest list? And then they just invited them. And they all came. I would like to think that I had the Canadian royal wedding guest list of <laughs> my wedding. I had Ben Mulroney, I had Nathan Fielder, I had Dan Levy. I invited Idris Elba, but he was a no-show, which was rude. Either way, congratulations to Taylor Swift. I'm sorry, to the married couple. Who was it again? Doesn't matter. Taylor looked (laughs) great in that blue lace midi dress. What's next? What's next? Okay, we hope that marriage doesn't end in divorce, especially not when it started at the... Walkie-talkie fish house. What was it called?
2: The fish shack.
0: (laughs) But if it does, they'll be in good company. Sofia Vergara, Ariana Grande, Kevin Costner, the prime minister, and now Britney Spears are all getting divorced this summer. And that means we've been hearing a lot about prenups and spousal support and fights over who pays for whose Botox and who gets the house in Montauk. And I don't know what any of it means, because if Evan and I were to break up, the only asset I would have to protect are my signed Backstreet Boys underpants. So I thought I would call someone who could explain the cheating and the money and the threats and the scandals that have been unfolding all hot, divorced, summer long. Let's phone a friend. Girl,
2: let's phone a friend.
0: I am phoning James J. Sexton Esquire. He is New York City's preeminent divorce lawyer. He's handled thousands of high-profile and celebrity divorces and appeared on literally every major talk show and entertainment show to unpack them. And because he knows what not to do in a marriage, okay, he's divorced himself, he also has advice on how to make a marriage work. He wrote a whole best-selling book about it. So I want to ask him about who's getting divorced and how I cannot get divorced. Hello? Hello, James J. Sexton Esquire.
1: Oh my goodness. Hello, hello.
0: Hello. I mean, please, ending your name with Esquire, like that's almost worth going to law school.
1: It's pretty cool, yeah. It was cooler when Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure first came out because they were like, you know, Bill S. Preston Esquire. So I was for a little while felt silly. Like I was like, James J. Sexton Esquire, Wild Stallions. But yeah, it's pretty, I can't believe I remember the name of that band. Like, why can I remember the name of the band that, that Keanu Reeves and that other dude are in and Bill and Ted's, but I right. can't remember like important things. Oh my God, know?
0: no. I can barely remember what my child's new kindergarten teacher's name is. I mean, I've screwed yeah. it up 12 times and yet I yeah. can sing every lyric
1: to every Backstreet Boys song. I actually probably could do most of the Backstreet Boys songs too. Oh, okay. Okay. I was driving the other day and I'm like singing I'm like, that's not the shape of my heart. And I was like, why do I know all the sadness is beautiful? And I was like, why why do I know this? But I do. I know it somehow.
0: James, not just any song. A a somewhat deep cut. Shape of My Heart is not one of the top five.
1: I have to tell you, You Incomplete is my favorite one. Incomplete I oh, feel like I said, I tried to go on like, like I never, never knew, knew you. you.
2: Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's...
1: James, I'm awake, but my heart is half asleep.
0: asleep. I pray for this heart oh, to be unbroken, but without you, all I'm going to be yes. In
1: and I feel like it wasn't it like the video where the water was pouring oh, yeah. on him or whatever well, no, that yeah. was
0: playing games with my heart but I'm sure there was water in incomplete uh, there had to be the yeah song, there's always that that's like one of the most ec- epic key changes in Backstreet Boys discography yeah.
1: Yeah. Listen,
0: the fact that we're kicking off this phone call about divorce with yeah. an iconic Backstreet Boys breakup song. Yeah. I mean, I could hang up right now and we did it. Well, those that's guys really must all, all be divorced at
1: least once or twice by now, too. Shockingly, I mean, they're all middle aged men, like late middle aged men like me. So. Shockingly,
0: none of them. None of them. Because I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Wow, I'm standing yeah, by. I'm going to yeah, be wife number yeah. two. I'd even take Howie, oh, to be honest. That's James. Exciting. But No one yet. One is separated, but not officially divorced. So no one yet. We could talk about the Baxter Boys all day. And trust me, I'd love to. It's like not the direction to, I expected,
1: but I'd I'm like in. To. I, you know.
0: But I'm calling you about divorce, not to get a divorce.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay.
0: I am calling you to do something way more fun which is talk about other people's divorces.
1: That is better. That uh-huh. is better. It's cheaper. Mm. It's easier. Mm. It's like when you drive past the car crash, you're like, "Wow, I'm really glad that wasn't my car," you know. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. Although, you
0: know, you feel for them. Their divorces are never fun, but you, do. you of all people have to admit James J. Sexton Esquire, it has been a hot divorce summer,
1: okay? Well, I feel like this is, like, I can say it to you because you're a fellow Backstreet Boy fan, I, and I feel now we're like Mushpukka here. yeah. I we feel, do yeah, these. I feel like We did this, like, conscious uncoupling thing for so long, Mm, which was mm -hmm. so, like, you know, everybody had the same, like, our journey as husband and wife has come to an end, (laughs) but now we walk together as friends, and (laughs) we will always remember the peaceful And, like, you know behind closed doors that they were, like, you know, that son of a bitch. Like, everybody with their ex. Right, But it was like, oh, no, no, you got to, like, take the higher ground. And and I feel like this summer, Uh people were, like, Let's just start throwing hands again. Like, let's just start going, like, right to the anger. Let's start pointing fingers. Like, let's go right there, because that's where the healing is, at the other side of that. So none of this pushing it down and and posting about how, like, our journey together has come to a different chapter. Now go to, like, this son of a bitch, you won't believe what he did. You know, I love that. I love that. I'm excited about it, because I think it's honest.
0: I love that you're excited about it it so let's dive I mean it's right lucrative in. for
1: me I have a vested interest in that's being true. excited that's about true. It, that's true that's true you're literally yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and not millions. just because I'm the one who gets to do some of that throwing hands of that um I also do just think from an entertainment perspective and I also think from a human healing perspective I, I like when people are honest like I'd oh. rather have an uncomfortable truth than a comfortable lie
0: I love that. Oh, my yeah. God. Put that on the T-shirt and make yeah. merch.
1: Somebody so would.
0: We're going to dive in at uh, Sam Asgari filing for divorce from Britney Spears this past week. Yeah. He is yeah. a 29-year-old aspiring actor. She is a millionaire pop star. Yeah. She made him sign a prenup that said... Yeah. I think if they get a divorce, he essentially gets nothing.
1: That's what they're saying. I I haven't seen the prenup myself. I I, I know Laura Wasser is my colleague is, uh, you know, sort of a a West Coast version of me in some ways. And uh, she's phenomenal, phenomenal lawyer. And so Brittany's in great hands. But yeah, I mean, look, the bigger, more distressing rumor is what is being alleged out there is is that he's now saying um, if you don't. Give me something beyond what I'm supposed to get in the prenup that I'm going to reveal embarrassing details. Yes. And, which, by the way, like, good luck embarrassing Britney Spears. Like, <laughs> oh my like, God. really, though? I mean, oh, like, honestly, like, God. she should feel great. She should feel. I mean, that as a compliment. It's like, listen, man, she's bulletproof. Like, what are you going to do? This is a person she did to herself, shaving her head and attacking the paparazzi with an umbrella. And you think you're going to embarrass her? What are you going to do? You show me a video of her doing, saying some crazy stuff? Okay. Right, like, like dancing we, in lingerie and a high appreciate... heel in the living room? Right, okay, that's been done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she put this stuff up on her own Instagram. She owns it. And that's what it is. Like, what are you going to do? you going to try to embarrass? But I also, personally, and maybe this is like as a man and as a lawyer. Yes. I think when you come to an agreement and you mm. sign on the dotted line, mm. To then try to renegotiate that using, you know, emotional leverage of that, that's disgusting. It's disgusting as a human being. It's disgusting from a legal standpoint. What kind of world would we be in if people could sign uh, an agreement that has one purpose, which is to say this is how we're going to do things. And then you can just go in and say, oh yeah, I want to set that aside. No, you sign the thing and that's what it is and you're stuck with it. I hope Laura drives a truck up this guy's ass cause, and she will.
0: Oh my <laughs> God! That air horn sound effect worthy right there. But wait, James. So because this guy is trying to renegotiate, allegedly, the prenup, like he's asking for spousal support, even though that is not what he agreed well, to. First of
1: all, it's not even renegotiate. That's like that's such okay. a nice way. Of, that's like saying, you know, somebody carjacks you and you're like, uh. oh, they're trying to exchange ownership of the automobile. No, they're <laughs> not. They're trying to carjack you. Like okay. Let's call this what it is, the 29 year old having a temper tantrum, because he'd like more money as if he's not going to probably make enough money writing whatever tell all memoir, even though he probably signed an NDA, you know, like this is, this is a stick up and it's the worst kind of stick up because (gasps) you signed a prenup that says what it's going to be and you shouldn't try to check. And and by the way, most good prenups and any prenup done by Laura Wasser's firm is going to be a good prenup has in it. That if you try to challenge this prenup and you are unsuccessful, you got to pay your legal fees and you got to pay my legal fees. Mm. So this guy is really like whacking a hornet's nest, probably. And this is so public at this point. I think most people, whether they like Britney, dislike Britney, whatever they feel about Britney, most people have a basic sense of fairness and realize this is an insanely unfair thing he's trying to do.
0: I mean, I would think, and does, I don't know, even know how this works. If a judge would ultimately make this decision, but wouldn't any judge in his or her right mind think like,
1: "Look at Brittany; she's been through enough." Oh yeah, oh yeah. And by the way, how do you simultaneously argue? that she's ill and childlike and embarrassing and can't control herself, but also freely, knowingly, and intelligently signed off on this prenuptial agreement that was patently unfair to you and somehow, you know, undue influence against you. Like, what does that say about you, buddy? Right. Like, so the whole thing just reeks to me.
0: (gasps) Like, does this smell to you like a guy who took advantage of her, who married her, for stuck around for a year in this marriage, and then... (sighs) Is trying to get yeah, money from I it. I
1: don't know why people. you know, why people marry people is 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 a, a more complicated question, but there's no doubt that it's it reeks of being opportunistic. I mean yes. look, this was a person who at the time they got involved was obviously in a very vulnerable position. She was legally not in a great place. I he wouldn't be the first man to fall in love with a bird with a broken wing. Um, but wow. I, I do think that ultimately what happens at the end, I find as a divorce lawyer. What happens at the end very often defines how the whole thing is remembered.
0: Interesting.
1: And, and I really, that's why as much as I joke about like, yeah, it's cool that we're like throwing hands again and we're done with this conscious uncoupling thing. I do believe that, that there is something to ending with dignity. I think that this is gonna give Britney something to channel her anger at. I mm. hope. And I hope that and she's certainly lawyered up the right way. Like mm-hmm. this guy, you know, she she's she's bringing a, a gun to a knife fight, you know? Like she's oh, got wow. a binding prenup and she's got best lawyer on the West Coast. So wow. I, I feel bad for this guy if, if I felt bad for him, but I don't.
0: Okay, love that. So your prediction, James J. Sexton Esquire, is that first he round will knockout. First, First round, round knockout. knockout will get a truck yeah. driven up his ass, to quote you.
1: Exactly correct. Okay. Yes, yeah, he's going to get a Laura Wasser, Wasser yeah. colonoscopy, whether he realizes uh, oh it or not. Oh
0: my God, so. I can't. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot. Okay, yeah. another hot divorce this summer. Hot and messy, the way you like it. That's the way you like it. I've yeah. been Kevin Costner and his wife, Christine. It's real messy. So his wife, Christina. Another Laura Wasser case,
1: by the way. Another Laura Wasser case. Well, look, Kevin Cosner came into this having had a legendary bad divorce, his first divorce.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Oh, my God. His first divorce cost. It was one of the most it was one of the most expensive divorces in history at that point, because Kevin Cosner got married when he was nobody. Uh-huh, when he was right. nobody, right. and he and had that three makes a kids, right? Okay. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Because you're right. I mean, it's like, what did we just say about Sam? What's his face? Like, yes. Brittany was Brittany before before they ever met. So she keeps
0: everything that she'd earned prior. Absolutely. He is not entitled to any of that, right? If he had a- been with her when she was building her empire, even when she was doing those Vegas right. shows or dropping new albums, of course. he would be entitled to money. Okay, but right? Because... because
1: the question is, is what is the seed that grew into the current success? Uh-huh, yes. Right? Uh-huh. So, so there are people who like they they get divorced in the sweet spot like they get divorced like their oh. career's been good and then it's kind of going down and that's when they get divorced okay that's the best case scenario if you're the celebrity right to get if divorced you're, when the, you're
0: in like a downturn, when you're in a like slump a right sofia vergara joe
1: magniello 100 100 great example you want to be you want to be when you're kind of like maybe it's over now and then it's when it shoots back up that's all yours now because it's post-divorce gotcha so Kevin Cosner's first marriage, he was nobody. And he, through that marriage with three kids, Dances with Wolves yes. Academy Award. Yes. Oh, he's Robin Hood. Right. He's like, he's just everywhere. Yes. The, bodyguard. the bodyguard. Like, it's just, he Pete knocks Kevin it out of Costner. the park, hit after hit. He gets divorced. I forget, I think it was like 200 million, I forget, maybe 400 million. It was a crazy wow. number at the time. Wow. When he got remarried, he had a prenup. Uh-huh. So in the prenup, He basically said, if we split up, I'm gonna give you a million bucks. And that's what she got. That's what he was giving her. And they tried to say, okay, well, child support, because child support is completely separate Mm -hmm. from division of assets. It's completely different from spousal support. Yeah, They have three kids. So this is what happened in their case is something that happens all the time in cases. And that is that the person starts to say, well, no, this is for the kids. Oh, this mm. is, oh, no, 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 that expense, that was for the kids. Mm. That was for the kids. Oh, that that charge from CVS, that was for the kids. Really? Because the kids use a lot of really high end moisturizer Yeah, Le Mer for that. Like, yeah, it's so mm-hmm. odd. I didn't yeah. know our 8-year-old son used Le Mer. That's very strange. Right. But that's what starts to happen. And there were allegations that she had tried to slip into her request for child support all of these things like Botox and, you know, all kinds of just crazy stuff. For the
0: kids, and though, James, the Botox was for the kids. It was uh, for the kids. Yeah, it was. That's where it got real messy is like Ke- yeah. she was now asking for $248,000 a month. Uh, a month. Which for many people is like, go, would love to make that in a year. And yeah. then Kevin Costner said that he doesn't want her spending his ch- his child support checks on plastic surgery. And then it came yeah. out that he claimed she had spent $188,000 a month on plastic yep. surgery last year, which is like, oh, yeah. no offense, but that's a lot of money to look normal. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. How does all of that shit come out? Like, are there no NDAs involved?
1: That's a great question. And so, what happens is everything's an open book when you get divorced, your whole life's an open book. So, I get to read stuff nobody should be reading. I get to see stuff, nobody should be looking. I get to subpoena your phone records. I get to subpoena your text messages. I get to look at, I've seen more nudes from people than I never the people you wanna see naked, but you've seen them all the time. Everybody's infidelity. It's all spread out, open for me. I have to read it. I have to be able to see what's useful in it for litigation purposes, it's crazy. It's
0: but It's one thing for you to see it as a divorce attorney. You're working on my case. I get it. But like, I shouldn't know that Christine Baumgartner spends one hundred eighty eight thousand dollars on Botox. How does the you public shouldn't get this information? You,
1: you shouldn't. Well, that's where when you get into the high net worth space or the celebrity divorce space, you start to learn how to weaponize the press and you start to <gasps> learn how to look. Everything's a lever everything's a lever. Like, I'm an outcome-oriented guy. I'm the legal equivalent of a hitman. So my job is to get the outcome. You know, if there's, listen, if the judge issues a gag order, otherwise, you're allowed to talk about stuff that happens to you. So so.
0: wait, are you saying, like, a Kevin Costner would have been okay putting his ex-wife, mother of his three kids, on blast like that?
1: Well, I don't know, because I don't know Kevin Costner. But what I will say to you is I represent a lot of people that I think are very good people. Sure. But they're outcome-oriented. And, and my job as their advocate is, mm. is, is I'm no one's moral compass. Mm. You know, you don't like you, you don't want you shouldn't need me. I hope you don't need me. Mm-hmm. But my attitude is like, look, don't. It's like one of my sons were growing up. I said to him, look, don't hit people. Don't hit. Right. But if you have to hit somebody, hit them so they don't get up. Don't hit anybody softly. It's stupid. You're just going to make them mad. So just if you're going to hit somebody, you knock them right out. That's it, like and do everything you can to avoid it. But if you got look, violence is not the answer, but it's an option. And so this is a form of reputational violence. I don't think Kevin Costner, again, I don't know him, but Um, I highly doubt he's in Laura Wasser's office saying, I want this to be ugly and public. And I want some people to think I'm a bully. No, I guarantee he's not saying that, but he is saying, listen, I want to get through this. I want to pay her what we agreed I owe her and nothing more, or if any more, a little more, but not a ridiculous amount more. I want to make sure my children never want for anything, but I don't want her slipping into that category, a bunch of stuff that has nothing to do with my kids. So whatever you have to do to accomplish that goal, that's the goal, Uh, you know, and we just go do what we're going to
0: do. Wow. So if we hear, just in future, if we hear, like, some dirty details around celebrity or high-profile divorces, Mm -hmm. we probably can assume that the people involved in those divorces were okay with that getting out.
1: Yeah, it's usually a tactical leak by one side or the other. James
0: J. Sexton Esquire, blowing my mind. Okay, I recently did a hot divorce summer episode where I broke down three celebrity divorces from this summer, but I'm no Esquire, so I'd love your quick Rapid fire take on them. Are you ready? Do
1: it. Hot divorce summer.
0: Lightning round. Here we go. Justin Trudeau and Sophie Gregoire Trudeau of my country. uh, Yeah. Once they're legally divorced, I assume she just goes back to civilian.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She goes back to civilian. She has no
0: obligation to serve the country in any
1: way. Nope. Nope. None whatsoever.
0: Ariana Grande and SpongeBob, when an extramarital affair is exposed during a divorce, does that yeah. bode well for their exes in divorce proceedings?
1: I mean, in that case, what's tricky is that they literally just had a baby, SpongeBob and, yeah. and, and, and his wife. Yeah. So that's like that's that's people are just going to look at that. And in a custody proceeding, that doesn't look great. You know, okay. that you're, you're kind of running around with Ariana Grande at that point. I don't know. She's got like an interesting taste in guys. Like she's not going just for the hot backup dancer with an eight pack. Like she's, you know, she went for SpongeBob. I don't know.
0: Please. She went all the way down to the bikini bottom.
1: God bless. And I
0: hope it was worth getting into his square pants. Whatever. Thank you. Okay. Sophia Vergara was the highest paid actress in Hollywood. When she was married to Joe Meganello, they had a prenup. It looks like they're just going to go their separate ways with dignity, as you said earlier. Do you think that's because he's a man and she's a woman? Like, do you see it less the man going after the woman because of that gender barrier?
1: Great question. Yeah, yeah. I think there's still. I I jokingly call it the last remaining feminist taboo. There are a lot of lot of men I've represented who would be under the formulas, the mathematical formulas, they are entitled to spousal support. And they're like, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm not going to take it. Right. Um, Because of of a gender role thing. I also think there was uh, allegedly, and again, I don't know the details of it. I'm not involved in the case. But it looked like they had been physically separated for a while, or at least Mm. living separate lives for a while. And sometimes that's before like the public word of it comes out. Like, You'd be surprised how many divorces that I knew about them eight months before you did. So then when people go, wow, he's moved on quickly. It's like, actually, he hasn't. They've been apart for nine months. They just made the announcement. And now he's public with the girlfriend who he met two months ago when he'd already been separated for seven months. Right. I also don't think you should be too impetuous. It's better to like measure twice, cut once, like be sure it's over before you bury it. Yeah. Especially whenever people have children too. Yeah. I think it's a whole nother thing. Like people are so quick when they're in my office to say, well, we're sitting the kids down next week and we're going to talk to them together. And I'm Mm. like, okay, why? And they go, well, you know, we, we decided we want to tell the kids we're getting divorced. I'm like, okay, let's play this out. When the kids say, where are we going to be living? Um, where's the dog going to live? Um, Mm. is the dog going to live with mommy or daddy? Um, when will I see you? When will I see this? What are we going to be doing when it comes to this? Where is that chair? Who's going to keep that chair Is mom or dad? And you just go, oh yeah, we haven't figured that out yet. Like that's, You're being mean to your kids. Right. Like your kids have questions, are going to have questions. Wait until you have answers to tell them. So I I really think, you know, it's smart for people to just what you, the the desire to Mm. tell everyone Mm. what's going on in your life put it on pause once in a while yes. and let, let let things shake out before you start making it a public announcement. That's
0: such great advice. Can I ask you about another celebrity divorce moment that will haunt me for eternity? That is Olivia Wilde getting served custody yes. papers, divorce papers on yes. stage live yeah. while speaking at a film festival. Is Listen, that Jason you know- Sudeikis' fault? Um,
1: it's not some. Some might argue that it's Olivia Wilde's fault. <gasps> um, I was in the position once of having to serve Julia Fox while she was in Paris Fashion Week while she was dating Kanye. No stop. Now let me tell you what? something. That is not possible. That is not if you because here's the thing. If I can hand you papers, I can uh-huh. shoot you. If I can hand you papers, I could stab you. So good security which almost anybody has right who's a celebrity right good security you're not gonna be able to serve that person so you have to get creative so in that case he needed to have her served by a certain date and she's not gonna like answer her front door you're not gonna get to her front Uh door there's a reason you can't knock on someone's door and be like hi i love your work so a process server has to figure it out. So I don't ever blame Jason Sudeikis for the fact that the legal system requires that people be personally served with papers, even if they're a celebrity. And you know what? Whoever the process server was that went, oh, there's a Q&A and she's going to be there on the stage and I can just hand it to her. That's the way to do it. God, I will hire that person as a process server. Wow. That person is doing their job properly.
0: Oh, my God. God. Wait, please tell me you served Julia Fox
1: like wearing
0: duct we, tape on we, her
1: nipples at Paris it Fashion. It was kind Week. of before that. She hadn't she hadn't gone full. This is when she first was dating Kanye. She hadn't gone full. Okay. By the way, lovely person. Lovely, lovely person. person.
0: Love it. Okay. James J. Sexton, when you're not helping couples to separate, you're earnestly trying to keep them together. You have a best selling book called If You're in My Office, It's Already Too Late A Divorce Lawyer's yes. Guide to Staying Together. And because you see thousands of couples fall apart, you know what not to do. So let's start with the biggest ones. What are like the top three reasons for divorce in your experience?
1: My premise is that that the big reasons that we cite, like infidelity, um, financial impropriety, all that stuff, that those are actually the symptoms of the problem. That Mm. the problem really is little disconnections from our partner. I I really believe that people fall out of love the way that they go bankrupt, which is very slowly and then all at once. Uh. And I think what happens is, is we fall in love really fast. Yeah. And we fall out of love pretty slowly.
0: Again, put it on a t-shirt.
1: The key mm-hmm. is to maintain those little connections mm. and maintain those little things that let your partner know how much you value them mm. and how much you're cheering for them. And that's mm-hmm. really, I think, the thing that's missing in everyone who's in my office. By the time they get here, there was this series of little disconnections. And, and it's this, you know, marriage is supposed to be you and me and we. Mm. and what happens is we become we yeah and then it's just we're we we're we we're we're all the time yeah and and you know what like you got to take time for the we but you got to take time for the you and the me Mm. and divorced people we figured this out divorced people Mm. like there's nothing wrong with having some non-custodial time even when you have young kids like go to starbucks and sit and read that magazine you wanted to read and let your husband make pancakes for the kids and spend some time to go to that yoga class. Let your, Have your husband go do some thing. Go to that jujitsu class or go to the gym or do whatever it is he wants to do. Because the more that you still get to be you, the woman he fell in love with, he gets to be him, the guy you fell in love with. And then you get to be this awesome combo. Like, that's, that's it. And, and divorced people... They kind of figure that out. Like there's time with kids and time without kids and your kids are richer for it because your kids are richer for having two parents that are not only a strong couple, but are strong individuals that have their own personalities and interests. So I'm a big fan of that.
0: I love that. So married people, especially with kids, should... Have a, yes! have a custody schedule. Yeah, have a
1: custody schedule. I'm telling you, have a custody schedule.
0: My god, okay, this brings yes. us seamlessly into our final game. I want to leave my phonies on a positive note, I want them to feel encouraged sure. and in love. So, we're gonna play a game called How to Not Get Divorced with James J. Sexton. Esquire,
1: How to not get divorced with James J. Sexton, Esquire. It's exciting. This game was made for me. Made for it.
0: you. I'm going to give you common scenarios married couples might face. You tell me as quickly as you can what they should do about it. Got it. And as a fun twist, most of these are actually just deeply personal questions. I am using you as free therapy.
1: Absolutely. It's fine. Totally fine.
0: Here we go. The wife wants to spend $3,000 on Pitbull tickets. The husband is worried about their finances due to inflation and the unstable economy and doesn't think this is a reasonable expense. What should they do?
1: you got to support Mr. Worldwide. He's out there, he needs you, and you got to go do it. There's no, you only live once. Life is about the accumulation of memories. Um, You know, again, I would leverage the you, the me, and the we. I, listen, the woman you fell in love with... Honored, Mister Worldwide was not afraid to get out there and do that thing. Hey, and then guess who? Guess who you come home to? That uh-huh. lucky fellow. Yeah, that's right. That guess lucky Mister right Worldwide, that that's night. That's right. You okay? get to show him who Mister right, Worldwide is. He you gets to be Mister Canada vest. that night. Okay, yeah. and you just scream
0: yeah. raspily yeah. at me? Yeah, I oh, get in there. I love right. it. I just need to take down the time code of this moment in the interview yeah, so I can important. take this section and send it directly to Evan. Okay, yeah, great. Okay, a couple has narrowed it down to two nanny candidates to help with their young children, both highly qualified. One is highly qualified and very young, blonde, and attractive. The nope. husband wants—what?
1: Nope, not her. Oh! Not her. Chapter, I think 17 of my book is called Everyone is F and the Nanny. Yeah, people are. <laughs> ah, is either, that true? I, I, Do
0: you oh, see there's the chap- okay. okay. There's a chapter my book. Okay, he's getting his book. He's book. showing Everyone's, me the literal. Best-selling it is, it book. is
1: a, I don't remember which chapter it is, but it is a chapter. It is it's called,
0: called Everyone, is, Everyone fucking the
1: nanny. is Fucking the Nanny. Chapter 8. Yeah, I chapter eight. I didn't
0: know if that was real. Or oh yeah, just like a ben chapter Affleck eight. Okay. No,
1: every every this every, everyone's plugging the nanny. Yeah, I see there it, now. it is. Yeah, yeah chapter eight. The nanny. Yeah, and it's really so no. about that. You, so you no. know, there's something yeah. about the nanny fetish, and I talk about it in the book. And I don't actually think it's that unreasonable. I think the nanny, in many ways, is the wife before she became a mother. Oh. It's a younger woman oh. who thinks he's interesting. And who we know is good with kids but isn't the one who is responsible for those kids and who has a life outside the home and does stuff outside the home that makes her interesting and so you know what i my advice in the book is not just don't hire a a very attractive nanny because that's just you're making everyone's going to be unhappy about that transaction um but also that you know remember the part of you that is the nanny, the part of you that is a young, vibrant, interesting person with a life outside of this house and these children. And and that is something very important to remember and to honor in yourself. And it's something that your husband very much fell in love with as evidenced by the fact that he married you. So I, I talk, but I would always say do not, I think hiring an attractive nanny is just bad for everybody all around. It, it's I'm not suggesting that attractive women should not be allowed to work as nannies. Um, I'm not trying to be discriminatory. But if you have a choice between, like, Olga Uh, and, like, Svetlana, go with Olga. Like, it's not... (laughs) You don't... (laughs) Why? Why make everyone feel badly? It's It's not good.
0: Oh, my God. By the way... I mean, I've never thought of it in that way, and that's genius. But it's also just so fucking lazy. That's why men fuck so the nanny because it's a it's hot so... woman in Dude, your it's, house. Dude, they're like okay. in
1: your house. Ha- yeah, yeah, it's like not even Uber eats. Like it's Tired right there. Dads yeah. are like yeah. they don't have
0: the energy to have a real affair. They'll just fuck the nanny. They're right there, but also they're too. Right I, I will
1: say it backfires sometimes because mm. I, I talk about it in another chapter of the book. I talk about a nanny thing that blew up because the guy, uh, the the husband tried to convince the wife we should have a threesome with the nanny. And they did it. They ended up having threesomes with the nanny. That's insane. And then the, the wife and the female nanny left the husband together. <laughs> yeah, and they're they did. happily married together, <laughs> no, the two women. No, no And he has, no. uh, every other weekend, you know, he has no. visitation. Oh, yeah. It's you in know, the book. I love my nine. nanny
0: so much. Sometimes I think I'd like to marry her, too. I mean, that's the kind of relationship you build, Okay, uh, last but not least, the couple has been together for 16 years. They have three small children and very little time to spend with each other. It's what you've been saying. They rarely go on dates. They didn't even celebrate their anniversary because they were busy and didn't have childcare. If they get the chance to stay in Gwyneth Paltrow's guest house that she put on Airbnb. Should they ditch the kids and go?
1: Oh, man. Uh, You know, yes, definitely. But I think if you can't do that, Uh the advice I would give to everyone is, I actually don't think big, dramatic things like that are what you need. I think little things are what you need to to keep people very happy. I think that the best advice I try to give to men is, I I say, leave notes. Leave notes (gasps) for your wife. Leave notes just just a little, just, hey, it was so fun eating popcorn on the couch with you last night and watching Netflix. I married the prettiest girl in the world. You know, have a great day. That's it.
0: If you write that note, you smell so good today, you look so pretty today, just don't put it anywhere where the nanny might think it's for her.
1: Exactly right. Good idea. And if you're going to leave the nanny a note, Mm. definitely make sure the wife doesn't find it. That's bad. That's a bad idea. (laughs) Unless it's something like, by the way, can you pick up flowers for my wife? That's not a bad one to leave. That's right.
0: And that is How to Not Get Divorced with James J. Sexton Esquire.
1: How to Not Get Divorced with James J. Sexton
0: Esquire. for more of that wisdom pick up james's book if you're in my office it's already too late a divorce lawyer's guide to staying together follow james on instagram at nyc divorce lawyer his podcast is called it's not too late that is out now wherever you get that your podcasts correct. and hey if you need a divorce in the state of new york find him at www.nydivorces.com that's us james thank you for your
1: insight what a pleasure i there's no one i would ever want to sing Backstreet boys with more than Uh, you i have to tell you so my
0: god you
1: tell that husband of yours he better start leaving notes and he better let you better do the gwyneth thing. You better, he's, you're, he's on notice now. Most I'm on your speed dial.
0: He better learn every lyric to incomplete because that got me going. right well, from can, the Why
1: Listen, I can be your man on the side for that. Okay,
0: okay, okay, I can be yes, just okay. for that. Just for we that just, I can handle. Yeah, you could call me like drunk sit, at yeah, two in the morning yes, and be okay. like, okay. oh, I'm on it. God, yeah, that I, I can handle. It. James, thank you. And now we just need to say what your clients say to their exes after working with you, which is Bye. <laughs> James J. Sexton, Esquire, ladies and gentlemen. Did I expect to sing a flawless duet of Incomplete with a divorce lawyer? No. (laughs) I'm, I'm glad it happened, Jason. I'm glad. Didn't expect it. I also feel like now I need to let Evan play golf more often. Like, even if it takes six to eight hours on a Saturday while I'm alone with three kids, if it helps him to reconnect with his me and bring it back to Are We, then maybe it's worth it. Maybe. After the break, Jason is the me to Are We. And this week's voicemail is putting him on the spot. Jason, are you ready?
2: I'm nervous, but I'm let's so see.
0: excited. I'm just going to be sitting back with a white claw Sheena Shea at the reunion style, watching you squirm <laughs> in the spotlight. That's next. And I live to listen to the messages you leave for me, but this one wasn't for me at all. Let's check my voicemail. Check, check, check your voicemail. Hi, Jesse. It's Jessica from Ottawa. And I was at your show in Montreal. I had such a great time, uh, but I was just wondering why Jason didn't make it to Montreal with you. I was also wondering if you could talk uh, more about Jason and his career, on the show and how he made it out of suburban Ottawa and maybe which boring suburb of Ottawa he's from. Sorry about the panting. That's my baby. (laughs) Um, There are so many Toronto references on the show. um, And I just love to hear some more jokes about Ottawa as well. Thanks so much. Wow. 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 I could not love this more. First of all, I love a voicemail with a baby gurgling in the background. Also a voicemail About Jason, because one of the reasons I love Jason, my producer is that he is a producer, and he, and there's a lot of producers who secretly want to be on camera. Jason is not that, okay? Jason has no (laughs) No. interest in appearing on camera or on a podcast. This is like a behind-the-scenes guy through and through, and yet I dragged you, Jason, onto this podcast kind of by accident. We never really meant for this to happen, but now the people want to know more, (laughs) Jason. Ottawa wants representation, they're demanding it, and they want it from you,
2: I secretly tried to like switch this voicemail segment into a read funny podcast review yes, segment without you
0: realizing. Oh my god, that just occurred to me. Jason, who the consummate producer, was like, "Oh, I have this great idea where we'll read people's reviews that they've left on the podcast." Jason, that was just you trying to get out of answering this voicemail. Busted. He hates attention. Jay, do you have any Ottawa jokes for Jessica?
2: I don't. Um, I don't. Not, um, yet. Not, not yet. Not yet, at least. No. I mean, do you want me to just, like, a- answer her question? I
0: would love for you to answer her question. I mean, I'll set it up and say just that oh, Jason okay. and I met when Jason was an intern at MTV. And in this business, I just feel like when you meet somebody whose sensibilities align with yours, it's so rare you just do everything you can to continue working with them. Like, Jason, and I'll tell you, you're you're one of the only people I've ever worked with who really knows my voice, you get me, you share my sense of humor. We think the same things are interesting or funny. We both like to make things that are like kind of weird and creative. And, and we both work our asses off. Like nobody works harder than Jason, my producer. But Jason, I don't think I know your trajectory out of Ottawa. How did you make your way out of the mean I, streets of Nipissing? Yeah. or where, or where, where? Let's answer a question. I,
2: yeah, well, that, at first, that's very sweet of you to say, and I, vice versa, um, mm. share the same um, admiration for you. But I, um, there's not like a wildly exciting story about it. I really, like I, you know, I grew up in Ottawa, the, the very boring suburb uh, that I grew up in. is called what's called Barhaven.
0: Barhaven. Um,
2: if you're from the Ottawa area, you know uh-huh. it. Um, yeah.
0: All of Barhaven is air horn sound affecting right now.
2: Yeah. Um it's like very small when I was growing up there. Um it was there was literally nothing. It was like farms. We our high school was on like a farm. Um oh. but now it's bigger. There's like they have like Costco and stuff. It's growing. It's a great place. Mm. Um but just, you know, working wanting to work in TV, there was not much in Ottawa like other than, you know, news. So Right. I moved to Toronto to try to make it as a big-time TV producer. What and my was first like, job was at MTV. My first job was an intern with you at that MTV. That was your first job yeah. out of school? Yeah.
0: Wow. And let's just say that uh, th- there, were, there were many interns passed through that building, and not many went on to work in the industry because it's so hard, it's so cutthroat. It was like Priyanka and you are like, are like this true success stories. Wow. And then since being an intern, Jason, can I fill in your resume because you're too modest too. Sure, sure. So I have literally begged Jason to work with me on everything I've done. After MTV, he came to work with me as a producer on Canada's Smartest Person, The Goods. Jason and I made every single one of those digital shorts with kids and old ladies that you saw at the CBC. We started New Mom Who Disc together. That's our little baby. He produced every episode. And then when I launched the podcast, I knew I needed to have Jason on it with me. But he's also like a big deal. He's produced Big Brother, Last One Laughing. What am I missing, Jason?
2: Family feud.
0: Family feud. Canada's smartest
2: person.
0: We mentioned that already, but worth mentioning twice okay. because of the host. She was exceptional. Yeah. And then you moved to L.A. a little over a year ago, I want to say, yeah. to work for Fox. He's like so in demand because he's the best. He now works with Jerry O'Connell on another show. And Jason, I'm so jealous. I'm seething. i seething. With jealousy, you'll, like, post a picture with Jerry O'Connell, and I'm like, what does he have that I don't, huh? <laughs> supermodel <laughs> wife, 40 years as a beloved actor in entertainment, a nationally syndicated daytime talk show, what? I'm jealous. You're just the best, Chase, and I couldn't do anything without you.
2: That's very sweet. I have I have lost with it for anything to say. This is why I'm mad at you, Jessica.
0: Oh, he's mad at both Jessica <laughs> and Jesse today sorry i
2: was trying to think of one ottawa joke and i think i was like googling ottawa so much that i started to get ottawa content on tiktok and i got this video of chris jenner trying to pronounce ottawa and i thought i'd play it for you because it's very funny and very stupid
0: what a gift (laughs) please how was canada
2: it was good yeah we had a nice trip
0: what city were you guys in ottawa no ottawa ottawa
2: yeah you ottawa not ottawa
0: Oh, my God. How have I never seen that?
2: <laughs> I don't think I've seen it either.
0: <gasps> that clip was made for you, actually, yeah. Jason, specifically for you. Also, can we just note that as a producer, he, like, produced the answer. He he had no joke for you, and that wasn't good enough for him. So he went out and found a clip <laughs> just for you, Jessica. And that's why Jason, my producer, is the greatest producer oh. in podcast television In Canada's smartest person in (laughs) history. And that's our show. Thank you to James J. Sexton Esquire for being everything I dreamed a New York City. Divorce lawyer would be just like smart, brash, opinionated, occasionally scary. He literally said he wanted Britney's lawyer to drive a truck up her ex's ass. And honestly, I would not have it any other way. When my six-year-old boys go off to kindergarten tomorrow, I'm going to call him to sing show me the meaning of being lonely. Which brings me to the question, Jason, what song should we end the show with? Ooh. We could go with a Britney banger in solidarity. Mm-hmm. We could play "In Sync" in hopes of a reunion. We could also just go incomplete by the Backstreet Boys in case my duet with a lawyer left the phonies wanting more, which I imagine it did.
2: Um, it feels like incomplete is right.
0: It feels like our version left you incomplete, and you'd like to hear the real version. (laughs) All right, hit us, Rob, (laughs) my technical producer. (gasps) Oh, feel that. Ooh! Thank you, phonies, for leaving five-star reviews, which apparently Jason has produced a segment where I'm going to read them. So look (laughs) forward to that and add in new ones so I can read them on this next episode. Jason, the pride of Barhaven, thank you, as always. And now I'm literally running off to wrap presents to try to, like, put a basketball hoop together and plan a big birthday dinner for Rio and Dre turning six. But before I do that, I just need to listen to this song for a moment and weep. Because my boys are growing up so fast. So, hit that chorus! Incomplete. Let's talk next Thursday! Bye.
2: Bye! 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 Phone the
1: Friend was created by our mum, Jessie Crixon, the exact
2: suit. Producers are Jesse Kirkshank and Jason Yanba. The technical producer is Rob Perra. The amazing theme song and sexy interludes are by Jay Melanosky from Badwin Soundclash. "Phone Friend is part of the Acast
1: Creator Network. Credits are by us. Ray Gatica and Rio Gatica were her kids. That's crazy, right? Wow, you're still listening? Okay, see you
0: next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials
1: you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more